Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold podcast. Chris and Alan will be sharing unique and raw insight on what it takes to succeed. Both hosts are authors and businessmen and have been mentoring and consulting for their clients for over 50 years with their combined knowledge. So without further ado, we have an exciting show for you today. Let's get started. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby, and I'm here with Think Bold, Be Bold, and my awesome co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, how are you today? Good morning, Chris. I'm doing fantastic, and how are you? Well, I'm doing great. You know, it's the beginning of the year. What a special time of year for a lot of people to either purge, um, recreate themselves, uh, dream, set goals, and, you know, we're here to help make sure that momentum stays in play and uh, I know specifically we've got a guest today that uh, is going to definitely give some wisdom and, you know, certainly, um, and I'm very excited to say, and, you know, as always, uh, Alan, giving you the unique pleasure to mm-hmm. introduce our guest. But I have to say our first female on the show, and we intended that right from the beginning, but somehow, you know, five guys got up and, and you know, before this, but you know, what beautiful uh, timing of the year because she's certainly going to be kicking off 2016 for us. So pay attention, get your uh, journals out as always, and take some great notes. And, and, and we're certainly going to uh, ask some great questions and, and bring out the genius in uh, this individual today. So Alan, on that note, why don't you take us away? Fantastic. Thanks, Chris. You know, um, I met this, uh, this young woman uh, a number of months ago and uh, under a, a really kind of a unique uh, set of environments, we were both, uh, or not both, where we still are, uh, co-authors in a book series. And I'm going to let her talk a little bit about that book series and, and what's come from that and what her, um, whole, her whole idea and her entrepreneurship uh, through that book series uh, has spawned because I think it's fantastic. And uh, just, uh, uh, you know, proud and privileged to be able to uh, be working with her. But on, on a personal note, she's got a lot of years, 20 plus years, as uh, working as a uh, uh, medical case manager for catastrophic brain injury people and those that have spinal cord injuries. And whereas I don't have those conditions myself, I do have uh, congenital cardiac issues that I've been dealing with for 54 years. And so I really not only appreciate but admire the commitment and the kind of character it takes to work with uh, people that have such dramatic life, physical and emotional life issues, and I just I, I applaud her for that. Um, it, it's it, it's almost a little emotional for me to be able to to talk about this because uh, you know I've I've had the benefit of of some of these individuals in my life, and it's done some great things for me, and I appreciate that so much. And uh, uh, Deb, we'll, we'll give her last name here in a second. But Deb's been able to take that philosophy and uh, that role and turn it over into a work-life balance philosophy, uh, uh, not only for herself, but for her clients and I know for all the listeners on the show today. So I admire her, uh, glad to be her friend, uh, co-author, and like I said, we'll let her elaborate a little bit on that. But without further ado, help me welcome Deb Crow to the Think Bold, Be Bold radio podcast today. Deb is in the house. She's in the house. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here with you too. Well, we're happy to have you, uh, Deb, and, and thank you, Alan, for outlining uh, some of the amazing things uh, you know Deb's going to talk about today, and specifically around uh, you know the book that uh, you guys co-authored um, and what's going on there. But you know, I guess the beauty is that I always like to start, um, you know, especially 2016 and, and giving a perspective on, you know, the insight to your life, Deb, where, you know, where did you come from? I know Alan gave you a little bit of, or gave a little bit of background on that. Um, where'd you come from? What was that journey to where you are? And what's your vision? Because I know you're working on some amazing things. And I did mm-hmm. some research and looked it up. And I know we talked before. Um, and I'm very excited about the work-life balance concept. So maybe on that, you can give us some insight, you know, where you were, where you are, and where you're going. Sounds good. Well, 
first of all, um, Alan, you're right. It's being a medical case manager. It, it it was an emotional job, and it it led me to what I call the edge of the cliff of compassion fatigue. And I got so good at organizing other people's lives and families who had been traumatized that it was to the detriment of my own health and my own fatigue. And what I realized from that was all of my friends and colleagues used to make fun of my organizational skills and time management skills because Chris would know I'm, I'm in London, Ontario, which is two hours from Toronto, and it would be nothing for me to leave at five in the morning and go work a full day in Toronto seeing clients, attending hospital meetings, and I'd be home at five and dinner was ready in the crock pot and I was sitting down with my kids. So when I reflect back on that time, was it at warp speed? Probably warp times five. Probably wasn't the best way to lead life, but I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't have got the methodology or vision or ideas of where my next level of entrepreneurship was going to be. And that's when I decided to transition to a work-life balance specialist, which is really coaching, but I don't use the word coach because I'm a big fan of Robin Sharma, and I'm I'm not a person that gets hung up on how many letters you have behind your name or how many titles, because like the two of you, the experience that I bring to my craft is second to none, and I don't always think that academic is always the way, and, and I'm not shunning people that have multiple degrees, because I have a lot of very astute, intelligent friends and colleagues, but... It wasn't my path, Chris, because my dad passed away um, my second year in university. So I had to carve out my other path. And that's how I landed up being an entrepreneur way back in 1990. Wow. And you say, you know, you said something interesting. And, and thank you for sharing, uh, Deb. Um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, some things happen in people's lives and we all have things that happen and guide us. And that's exactly what happens. It, you know, it guides us in, in a lot of ways when you look back. You, know, you may not understand it at the time, but you know, and it could be dramatic. It could be you know, devastating. But at the same time, it's, it's like what I call it's a pivot to life. And you, know, you end up going down something that starts to expose other things that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to um, you know, notice, let's say. But you said something interesting, and, and I want you to expand, if you can, on the edge of the cliff. You know, I love the concept, you know, and, and I think people can relate. And this is what this show is all about. And that edge of the cliff. Um, just dive a little deeper on that. And, uh, you know, I want to I, I really want to get the insight on that. OK, it's you know what? It's a great story. And I hired a business coach in 2009 and I gave myself two years because I'm a visionary. And I said to her. I want two things to happen. I want to close my business by the fall of 2011. And I want to know what transferable skills are my next path. What's my next, where am I going as an entrepreneur? So I always think back to Bon Jovi. You guys will love this. <laughs> you can tell I was an 80s teenager. So <laughs> Me too. Bon Jovi, you know, when Bon Jovi hit like, uh, the height of their success they went on this massive tour and I remember John Bon Jovi being interviewed and he said after that last tour we were five guys we got on five different planes we went to five different cities and we were done and spun and that's how I felt in 2009 I loved my clients I loved what I did but I had nothing left for anybody. I, I decided I'm not taking on any more clients because what I essentially did was I was like Aaron Brockovich. I was that case manager that got all those files that nobody wanted. I got all the, the weird injuries, the weird diseases, and, and I, was almost, I almost became this medical puzzle master because I would get banker boxes delivered by FedEx and I'd have lawyers saying to me, figure this out. Like, what are we going to do? So you can only imagine the thought process and the pressure because I'd land up going to court for these people. So that was 2009. Hired my business coach. We worked till 2010. I made the announcement in January of 2011 that I was closing my practice. 
And something really interesting happened that I never thought would happen. I had over 100 phone calls and everybody thought I had cancer. And they're like, why are you closing? (laughs) And I said, the best exit strategy is when you're busy, you got a stellar reputation, Mm -hmm. and you're going out on your high game. And that's what I did. So I was like Bon Jovi in October of 2011. I closed up my clinic. I sold everything. And I got on a plane. And I went to Italy for seven days with my business coach. And I landed up in a 13th century castle in Tuscany with with nine other women. And we were all 45. And we were all at the same place. So it was just... It was serendipitous because I now have, we call each other the Tuscany sisters (laughs) and we we talk all the time and it's the castle that Julia Roberts rented and stayed in when she was filming Eat, Pray, Love. But what came out of that was where I was going next and that's, so our last night in the castle at dinner, uh, amazing Italian cuisine, homemade, and lots of Chianti, and lots of olive oil, and lots of singing, and tears, and things that happen at Mastermind, but that's where the work-life balance came, and that's where Mama Deb was born. Wow. I love it. What a great story, and uh, you know, 2011 was very significant in my life as well, um, but you know, you talked about, you know, just making a decision and, and changing things. And I think that's what the big thing uh, for you and your epiphany on life was that you need a change. And, you know, for anybody listening, um, definitely might be in a spot as well where they're feeling that same thing, you know, a Bon Jovi moment, if you want to call it, or, a, you know, your moment, Deb. Um, you know, I know that last year, 2015, it's, it's hard to get used to the fact that we're already in 2016. And I always do that. Um, so I'll probably do that for the next month, 2015 on the mind. But Point being is, you know, last year I fired my client and just to make room for the fact that I knew something bigger was coming. And it was a big decision because they paid me a lot of money, um, but I felt the same thing, the pressure of not being myself and then being, you know, dragged into uh, things that I was just so eagerly to get away from in the corporate life. And um, again, uh, let them down softly, did it on a high, did it at a point where I knew the transition would be uh, uh, definitely opening some doors. And and I got to move down uh, to the beach and be, you know, around my family a lot more and and get away from, uh, you know, some things. So uh, thank you for sharing that story. And it was um, uh, certainly some insight to what's happened so far. Um, you know, change again. And I, and I know you guys, you know, Alan, and you'll probably want to take this over from here, but you guys did something unique together. And, uh, you know, Alan, what's your question, uh, you know, that you want to pose to Deb next? Yeah, I, Deb, I'd like to have you because you've got some uh, much more intrinsic uh, knowledge and timing in uh, the book series that we were part of, and I feel very fortunate to be part of that series. But uh, give the listeners a little bit of a, a kind of a what happened, where it came from, how you were contacted. I know this is more than one question. Uh, a, a little history of. Uh, from from then to now on what's happening with the book series uh, uh, called The Change. I'd love to. So I had seen and met uh, Jim Britt in my 20s and in my 30s. And yes, I'm in my 40s now. <laughs> and he called me in January. And much like Chris just did, I, I am working on uh, a book on work-life balance. And 45,000 words seems to be a big weight on your shoulders. So Jim called and we got chatting and then he introduced me to Jim Lutz, who he was partnered with for this venture. And he asked if I would just write a chapter. So right away, my my brain's thinking three thousand words, forty five thousand. Maybe I'll give <laughs> maybe I'll give the readers a snippet of, of what they're going to get. So that is exactly how I wrote my chapter. I I left readers hanging and wanting more, and that's kind of the book reviews that I've got back. But what I actually launched into was a powerful global community. And what I mean by that is the book series has grown. I do believe we are now in book 10. We may have started book 11. We've got over 220 authors now in 
22 countries. So from an entrepreneur wow. perspective, I've, I've just pretty much catapulted myself into countries and aligned myself, much like you, Alan, with people I wouldn't have had an opportunity to meet because our industries would have never crossed. So mm-hmm. it's allowed me, um, I, I've got some wonderful new friendships. Um, I've got a lot of collaborative work on the go for 2016. And it's really, it's just such a huge undertaking. And I decided to get really bold, since your show is about being bold. <laughs> yes, it is. And I called, I called up Jim Britt and Jim Lutz in August. And I said, you're teaching me to be bold. And that boldness gets rewarded. And they're like, what, where are we going with this? And I said, I want to be a, the brand ambassador for the book, for the series. And they said, well, what does that look like to you? And I said, I'd like to create uh, a radio show on Blog Talk Radio. And I would like to raise the platform and profile to co-authors every week. So what that's done is allowed me to be the center hub. I'm now deemed Mama Deb of the book series. (laughs) And I think I've talked to 90% of the co-authors. Authors, wow. but it just—it's just a daily presence in my workflow of of what I do. And when I'm interviewing the radio, much like what you're setting up with your radio show, you're putting an alumni of elite people together, and that's how I feel. Because you may meet someone and say, "I really want to introduce you to Deb Crow," or there might be somebody from this interview that you feel I should meet. And I just feel that that's an honor and a privilege to be able to do that and have that insight and knowledge. But more importantly, just that philanthropy to be a good person, a good business person. Super. Uh, You know, and and you're talking about a a big undertaking. You stepped out and did this, not knowing what to expect or what was going to happen, but you felt it was the right thing to do. And you wanted to do it. And it was, you know, a pay it forward you know, peace in uh, in your life and in your business. And as you look back on those, you know, some, you know, 190, 200 authors and the people that you've, whose lives you've touched, what's what's one thing that uh, you've gotten uh, out of this that you, you had not expected? Really genuine, heartfelt phone calls, emails, and people going, How did you know I needed to meet so-and-so? Oh, my gosh, we have so much in common, and we're going to do an event together, and how did you know? And I'm going to put it back to something that my Irish Nana taught me. I have honed the skill of listening. So when I'm (laughs) communicating with someone, I'm not listening to answer. I'm listening to think, what can I learn from this person? How can I help them? What can I do for their business? And I think that's why abundance has just followed me in my next venture. And my my big goal for this year is, you know, work-life balance. It's becoming the buzzword. And, and I know people are jumping on the bandwagon, but I'm going to bring it to a whole other level. I already am, but I'm going to shift a culture. And, and that's my goal. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, tell you to sleep more or, or work less. I'm bringing it to a whole new level. I'm looking at it holistically. And I want to get to those countries like Dubai, where only 23% of the women work. And I want to find out, you know, it's more than culture. It's more than religion. It's all going to come down to what we deal with here in North America. It's about fear. It's about apprehension. So, for me, that's my big goal. Not that I don't love speaking in North America because I do, and I'm I'm doing that now. But I I want to raise the bar, and I I'm going to take it one step further. And and I like the word stress resilience because that's what I think we need in this century and moving forward. And I want to leave a legacy for my children, my grandchildren, and just really be an entrepreneur that's. I don't want to say the word authentic because I think it's overused, but just real. I want people when they talk about me to say, you know what? She's a genuine person. What you see is what you get. And, you know, you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an honest answer. Even if it's maybe not what you want to hear, I'm just always going to be that genuine entrepreneur, colleague, and for you too, friend. <laughs> well, well said, well put. You know, you've talked about, uh, you know, uh, the entrepreneur life, and you have definitely uh, taken that not only 
to uh, business, but to life. And you know, being an entrepreneur, um, it can be challenging. Is there you know one person in your life, maybe a little bit earlier on, that uh, that kind of led you to the the fact of being an entrepreneur uh, as opposed to just staying and following the norm? Well, interestingly enough, this this answer is going to bring us full circle. So. I worked for the Australian government for six years in my city and my boss that I had he said to me when that contract ended he said Deb you need to be out on your own because I was and I know a lot of the female listeners are going to resonate with this I always had a female boss that could recognize my skill set but couldn't embrace it to the greater good for herself so they would see me as intimidating or they didn't know how to lead me and it just got very frustrating for me and he said to me you need to go out on your own and don't look back and I I wrote a blog about this called balancing a female boss and it was probably the the biggest blog that I had readership and I actually had women emailing me saying you know, I'm Harvard educated or I went back to school and got my MBA and, and my boss, my female boss, just I cannot get her to like me. And that's just another area that I, I love to break down barriers is, you know, women get intimidated or they perceive things wrongly. And I'm, I know I'm going out on a huge limb saying this, but I see it in my clients that I that I do mentoring with work-life balance. And it's it's just if that female boss can see what you bring to the table and how you're just going to make her look so good, that's the challenge with a lot of women, especially in the tech industry, because it's still a very, very much male-dominated mm -hmm. field. Yeah, no, very much so. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you bring up something interesting that I, you know, I think that just not knowing, obviously, be, you know, being a male, but just the quality of uh, being a female in the in the industries today and, and that growing um, obviously poses some of the challenges that you talk about. And, you know, I want to go back to something, uh, you know, you said earlier and uh, about networking. And, you know, I'm a true believer that it creates that mastermind. And, you know, the people just show up on those uh, endeavors that you have as a thought and, and some ideas. And, you know, certainly with uh, the amount of people, and I love your, uh, you know, outlook on things and the way you look at it is, you know, seek to understand and really listen to people so that you can then be, you know, you can seek to under be understood if you want. Um, it, it's one of, you know, uh, Andrew or Dale Carnegie's, uh, you know, philosophies. But, you know, we've got 3 billion new people coming online over the next couple of years. And I love the way you're looking at, you know, the world as a globe, not just in North America, because obviously, you know, in North America, it's a very different culture. And you going outside of those things and, and looking to help other women in countries, you know, I admire you for that, uh, because that is a bold move. It's certainly something that I think um, now that you're endeavoring on that, you know, anything we can do, Deb, to help with that and connect you with the people, um, you know, we certainly will. Uh, but give me uh, a little bit of a vision. You know, you mentioned Dubai. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, women in those countries and, and, you know, maybe some of the suppression. Um, what do you see as some of the major things that are, um, you know, maybe holding uh, holding that culture back right now. And, you know, I'm just interested because I, I don't know, but I'm sure the audience would uh, also like to, you know, understand, you know, that bold move a little bit deeper. Can you go a little bit deeper on that one? Sure. I, you know, and I'm still very much doing my research and, and we do have a co-author in the change, Johnny Mornay, who lives in Dubai and, you know, it was as simple as me sending him an email saying, I want to come and speak there, and him going, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and, Love it. I mean, well, that's pretty simple. <laughs> well, but you know what? It's so simple, yet it's so hard for people. Like, I'd rather pick up the phone and make 20 phone calls and talk to somebody sure. or even Skype than email. Like, people have got caught behind their computer. So to answer your question, Chris, I reached out on LinkedIn. I just did a LinkedIn search and I found 34 amazing female entrepreneurs or upper management in Dubai. And I just sent a simple email and said, this is who I am. This is what I want 
do. Would you be interested in, in collaborating? And I want to do a one-day conference there called Women on the Go. It's a model that I'm going to do in multiple cities in the States and in Canada this year. But I want to do it in Dubai. And it might land up launching as a one-hour keynote just on my expertise on work-life balance. So the one, one of the 34, five of them got back to me right away, which I thought Beautiful. 20% is pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and, and another one referred me and said, you know, we're planning this wellness day and, and, and there's a keynote segment for work-life balance. Would you be interested? So I've sent all my info and I'm just waiting to, to follow up now that we're back from the holidays. I don't think that they're difficulties are any different because they land somewhere different on the map. I know that there's cultural sensitivity. I know there's religious sensitivity. But I think when I sit in that room with those women behind closed doors and I really dig deep to find out the why, it's going to be no different than what I'm hearing here. I agree. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you mentioned something about the why, and that's what I heard when you just started talking about it, is you're just focused on doing what you know um, in your heart of hearts is the right thing to do, and the how will just show itself, you know, along the way. And and it's exactly what happened. You started picking up the phone, and I agree. You know, I like the old school. I'm an old school sales guy. I come from the world of uh, no cell phones. Um, stop at a payphone when I was in my sales role and call in uh, if I needed any help. But a lot of times finding myself just, you know, doing the dance out there and just talking to people and shaking hands and, you know, smiling and, and doing what was necessary. So, you know, I'm a big believer in, and for the audience listening, you know, that's a lesson today, you know, on what Deb did was she picked up the phone and she connected and she didn't know how it was going to come together at all. And, but she did know why she wanted to do it. And then the, the pieces just really showed up to the puzzle. And it sounds like you're well on your way to something, uh, you know, great happening there, Deb. So, uh, excited to see, uh, and follow up and, and you have to promise me, uh, sometime this year, you're going to have to come back and tell us, uh, you know, all about that. If, uh, if you can. I, w- I would love to. Jim Brett has already offered to be my bodyguard. <laughs> love it love it love it so women on the go what a great um what a great concept yeah. and i and i and i really love that so we're going to follow up with deb on women on the go uh dubai and and all the fun things that she's working on and um that's uh, you know really exciting listen i think what's important um is to share with uh, the audience as well you know something that's happened to you as a let's call it a setback because I, I, I don't look at, you know, failures is generally what the word means. But I, I think we all have setbacks in life and we certainly have them in business. We have them in our personal lives. What's something, you know, maybe in your business or personal, whatever you'd like to share, um, that happened to you and what was the outcome, you know, now looking back and, and where did it bring you? Uh, was there anything significant, uh, Deb, that, you know, changed along the way of, you know, maybe where you thought, you know, life would be and, you know, to where life is now and where you're going with it because you have some amazing things. And I'm sure uh, the audience would love to hear uh, specifically because they might be experiencing this in their life right now. And, and, you know, getting the wisdom from somebody who's doing is always amazing and or has done something. Um, So, you know, on that note, maybe you can share uh, what's happened to you. So... Uh, transitioned from medical case manager to doing coaching and consulting with work-life balance, sailing along, things were just rocking and rolling. I, you know, abundance was happening. And in June of 2013, my daughter was 20 minutes ahead of us coming home from our boat. And she rolled her car and sustained a mild traumatic brain injury. So the aha moment was, I was a medical case manager. My specialty is neurotrauma. So I dealt with families for 25 years with (laughs) spinal cord injury, brain injury. And it stopped me in my tracks because now I was the mom. I was back in the case management role. 
and everything for the work-life balance had to stop. But that's okay, because that's the whole premise of what I teach. It's about progression, not perfection. And it's been a long road, and then five months later, we got her back in the car, and a gentleman was texting and plowed into the back of her, so she sustained a second concussion. So 2013, we have deemed that the year from hell. Mm-hmm. Um, last, last 2014, 2015, we're still well on the road to recovery, but I'm just thankful that she's here. Uh, what was the, I'm going to call it the aha moment. I'm going to, I'm going to take that from Oprah. I going back to philanthropy and listening and, and what should I do and how can I still be mama Deb and do life work-life balance from home? The way I got through grieving as a mom that my daughter was hurt was I decided to find something good in it. So I started profiling a mom of the month on my website after her second accident. So every month, and again, it's my feel good, it's my give back, I do it just for fun. I profile a woman who is a mom and it's I, I always have two different guidelines if you will that I'm looking for so I look for someone that can really give a really cross-section psychosocial example as well as social economic so none of the moms know why I pick them and then two times a year I have an awards luncheon and I invite them to my home and we have a beautiful catered lunch and we have an award ceremony and I give them a certificate and then we land up having like an afternoon coaching session and I tell them why I pick them and it's always such an eclectic group of women so it's there's six at the beginning of the year and six at the end of the year so it was kind of what you said. It was a setback, I guess, if if you're a set of eyes looking in. But I'm an eternal optimist, and I always can spin something from a negative to a positive. And it, and it gave me time to write and hone my interview skills, which now with the radio show is, is just very, very helpful. But I learned that women aren't told they're good moms outside of maybe their husband or their mom. So... What I learned was when you profile someone else, much like I said to you with my networking efforts and what I want to do when I meet people and really value that relationship, was I just took those skills and featured moms to help me get through a hard time. So I could have, you know, sat in the corner and had that, oh, poor me. But my dad taught me that entrepreneurs don't have time for that. You dust your knees off, you get back up, you move on to the next thing. So, and, and, and she's doing really well today because she's got mama Deb, right? <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Uh, thank you for sharing that yes, story. And wow. How, how is your, your, I know you said she's, she, your daughter's in recovery. Is um, she progressing well back to, you know, 100%? Well, I mean, she's getting there. She's having difficulties with her vision and, you know, any of the families or professionals that are listening that maybe know someone, it's it's a day-by-day thing when you have a head injury. Um, I will tell you that um, her and my other daughter um, have hijacked the mum of the month for January. <laughs> and I've redone my website, which I'm relaunching on Friday. And they have interviewed me and they want to profile me because they think that I now need to be answering the questions and they wanted an opportunity to to write and tell everyone why they think I'm a good mom. So I thought that was kind of neat how the universe works. My January mom is one of the co-authors from The Change and is in England and she wasn't feeling well to get all the paperwork and the interview done in December And I just wasn't going to put the onus on someone over Christmas to get all that done. So my girls were like, okay, mom, we're hijacking the mom of the month and you're going to launch your new website and it's going to be you and we're taking over. And I thought, perfect. Fantastic. You know, I kudos i think what you're doing uh on a personal you're finding a way to to literally truly live your your tagline work life balance in balancing your life your life skills and uh we're serving your client base without losing track uh you know of either of those along the way and then being a great role model and I think you, you you hit the nail right on the head when you put somebody else's um, goals and aspirations and challenges up front 
and make them not necessarily the center of attention, but the center of focus uh, to help in whatever way you can, then it really elevates your credibility and uh, elevates who you are as an individual, which in contrast just makes you that much more attractive you know, as a, as a person to want to follow and to emulate. And so I just want to say hats off. I think you're doing a fantastic job um, in, in all that you do. And, you know, along that note of, of putting others first and, and so forth and, and all that you've done, what is there one person that you've come across in the last year and a half, maybe the last two years as you've been on this venture that has really surprised, uh, surprised you that, in, in the way that you didn't really expect um, that from them. Something's happened in their life uh, that uh, has changed them um, from being the kind of person that they were to being the person that they are that you never had uh, any kind of uh, exposure to. Uh, is there anybody in, in that two-year period that follows that kind of like that demographic? Well, there's a few, actually. Uh, there was a lady who wrote me off my website, and she suffered from depression and, and bipolar disorder. And I've done a lot of work in mental health, and bipolar disorder is really difficult to, A, not only diagnose, but once they figure out what level it is to figure out what medications you need. So the interesting thing was she sent me this beautiful email and, and she said, I've been reading your mom of the month and I've been watching you and I just want you to know that a lot of times I can't get out of bed in the morning, but I know if I can go on your Facebook page, there's always something to motivate me and get me out of bed. And I, I realized in that moment that some days I write a quote, sometimes I do a graphic with a quote, sometimes I just write, you know, what's going on in my life. And it's just those little snippets, or I call them nuggets of information. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how impactful that I was on this complete stranger. And she still stays in touch and she's doing very, very well. And I, and I did do some pro bono work with her. And, and that's something I did as a case manager. I always carried some pro bono cases because my knowledge is just as good for free as it is mm -hmm. for getting paid. And, and I think we need to be balanced. I think it keeps us humble. I think it keeps us professional. And I do take the odd pro bono now for, for work-life balance coaching. But that came out of nowhere. And then some of the co-authors of The Change have sent me the most beautiful cards in the mail or emails saying that they look up to me and, and just that I, I've brought this community together and I'm this hub. And sometimes I'll get them late at night and it's somebody that I've only maybe had one or two conversations or interactions with. And so I guess I'm, in a nutshell, I'm being humble and, and not realizing how impactful I've, I've been. No, that makes that makes total sense. I think some of the most simplest things in our lives that have had uh, impact on who we are uh, do have a big impact on others that either look or see or follow, sometimes uh, very visibly and sometimes in the wings. And we don't know what kind of impact we might have. Well, I and I know as we were talking, um, the FedEx truck drove up to my my uh, my house. And I know what's in that FedEx package, <laughs> and it's a, it's a music CD that one of the Change co-authors re recorded, and I've just helped him so much that he emailed me this morning and said, there's a little gift coming just because of how great you've been and, and what you do and just things like that out of the blue, and it's just... It's just very humbling. And, you know, I was, again, my Irish Nana raised me a lot. I was with her a lot. And honing of the listening skills was just one of the great things that she taught me. But I'm, I'm one of those true, genuine people who, if I do something for you, it's, it's not to have a reciprocal value. Like, I just truly love helping people. I, I love chatting with people. I love learning about people. And if I have something that I can you know, give, whether it's a piece of advice or help them do something. That's just how I was raised. And I don't think, oh, there's another person I have to help or that's going to take 20 minutes. I, for me, it's just, a, it's a deep-seated core belief. That's fantastic. Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. 
you've got uh, you know some great things um, happening, uh, Deb, and we appreciate hearing the stories around um, you know the little things that you're learning that are helping people because I think that you know it makes you sit back and, and realize how you know maybe insignificant it can be sometimes in our own minds when we're busy, but you know how big it is in someone else's life. And uh, you're certainly seeing uh, evidence of that. So I, I think that's a lesson that everybody, you know, listening today can learn from is that, um, you know, when you when you give it, it it's, it's not necessarily for uh, the receiving end of it, because that just stuff will will show up, but more or less, you know, helping people through um, things that, you know, you might not even realize at the time you're doing is, is what, you know, brings a smile. And I'm certainly a, a big believer in that uh, as well, because I, I come from a similar background you know, always having giving, giving parents and, you know, they'll take the shirt off, uh, you know, their back for anybody. And I, you know, I learned some really great lessons from that. And, and it certainly has been a part of my life. So um, thanks for sharing that. You know, I, I, I hear a lot of common theme around, you know, mentoring and coaching. And I'm always interested in, you know, listening to those who we have on the show and, and the impact they're having in other people's lives and the things they do, whether you're a mentor or a coach or whatever you want to call it, helping others or giving to others um, and sharing and teaching and all of those things that we do as, as givers. But who, um, who do you feel uh, in your life has been a big impact from a mentorship? And, you know, I'd love to hear that story and, and know who has been or several people, you know, probably uh, in your life has been a, a big impact, you know, uh, as you've moved along your entrepreneur world or even as you're, you know, maybe in the corporate side of things as well? Well, I'm sure like you guys, I think, you know, each decade presents different challenges, culmination of experiences. I've had lots of different mentors. I I'm I'm the round peg in the square hole. <laughs> and you know what? I'm I am so comfortable in that space. Like I'd be the girl to show up at the red party with the pink shirt. And it's <laughs> and you know what I love? It's the perception of others. Like I just went to a big Christmas networking event and there was 450 people. And I showed up as Mrs. Claus. You did. So I showed up as Mrs. Claus. And, you know, the men are like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Most of the women were like, this is awesome. But when I, if I, if I was true to say who, who was my mentor, I have to tell you, I followed Mother Teresa till the day I, till the day she died. And I have her book. And when I was in Italy on uh, that mastermind, we went to so many beautiful churches. And I bought her autobiography from one of the churches. And I have a beautiful picture hanging in the hallway of my house. And it's Mother Teresa in Calcutta. And she's leaning over and she's listening and helping children. And as I look at the threads of my life, even though she's no longer here, when I see someone being, I'm going to say not nice, because that's the nicest way to say it, <laughs> or, or just being um, inappropriate, I'm always wise with my words, but I'm able to concretely get my point across. And I just, I think as human beings... I love that we're all different. I love that we're different colors, different sizes, different cultures, different religions. And I think that's what makes the world go round. And I just, I don't have one particular business mentor, but I can tell you a summary of what they've all taught me. And it's, it's that simple cliche that our parents taught us. I treat people the way I want to be treated. And, and for those who can't play nice in the sandbox, I just get out of the sandbox. I don't have to I don't have to make a big exit. I don't have to say anything. And for me, you're going to learn about me this year. I may have a social media presence, but I'm going to be a quiet leader. <laughs> Cuz I I don't need the pat on the back. I don't I don't need to be in the spotlight. I I know who I am. I know what I represent. I know what level of success I want. I'm going to be the quiet leader until Oprah calls me, then I'll be on her couch. But until then, 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the quiet leader. Oprah is gonna call me. She's gonna want to talk to me about work life balance. It's done. I've Abs- already, I've already absolutely. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sitting on the couch beside her. It's it's real. <laughs> work, uh, you know, it reminds me of a, a, a saying. Uh, you know, work. Uh, Work in silence and, and let success be your noise. And uh, it sounds like uh, a lot of things you've been doing and in in, in practicing the golden rule. Uh, you know, so thanks for sharing, um, share, sharing that information. Um, it, it's really impactful. Yeah, we've got a, a, a and again, uh, Deb, thank you so much for your transparency. I think a lot of people feel in, in, in life, transparency is great because it shows our character and it shows our vulnerabilities and our relatability. But in, in business, you know, it's always kind of been a faux pas, but that's, that's, becoming a 180. You know, people want to follow other people. They want to know if they've been in the mud and what their scars are and can I relate to them and can they offer something, you know, of value, you know, a real true intrinsic value to me as a human being because economics are one thing but living is something else and you're sure a, a definite role model for that. And and along that line, we have a, a, a couple practices that, uh, that uh, Chris and I have come up with and one of those is is um, one bold move. And what we mean by that is what one thing, what one bold move would you like to leave with our listeners? Something for them to do and take and be in this 2016 environment. If you could pick one thing, what would you, what would you offer? I think the one thing that I can... Uh, leave with your listeners is that one scariest goal and I'm going to use a simple one let's say they want to make 10 grand a month or they want to make 10 grand more a month the only way they're going to do that is by picking up the phone and calling at least three people that make that and say how do I do that or I call them networking meetings. I, I ask for a 15-minute meeting with people that people can't even get in the door with. But it's all about my approach. I'm not wanting anything from them. I just want to talk to them about their expertise. And on average, I land up being there 90 minutes. <laughs> and if they can't help me, I say, do you know someone who could help me? Or do you know someone that could use my services? And it allowed me to come full circle because with work-life balance, I'm still doing the medical case ma- management, Alan. I'm, I'm doing it for companies now. So companies call me that have all these people off on short-term disability in Canada and the U.S. And they're like, Deb, you know, John Doe's off on stress and we don't know what to do because human resources aren't those professionals. They have some disability management experience, but that's not their role. They're HR people. They do Mm -hmm. HR practices and policies. So what happens is I bring my case management hat in. We talk about stress resilience. and, And really what I'm being is a mediator. I'm communicating separately with the employer and the employee. What happens? We meet back together. I get them each to be uh, benevolent through their eyes to the other party, and it's a win-win. They retain their employee, their productivity goes up, their employee retention stays, and really, what did I do? I, I just implemented effective communication. So don't be afraid to pick up the phone, and when you fail... Don't be afraid. My kids call me the queen of getting back up. <laughs> oh, Love that's it. fantastic. You know, that's tertiary, what I call tertiary value coming out of an environment is, is something yeah. that you hadn't necessarily expected, but something that just comes naturally. And it's a yeah. value that, uh, that really does uh, seem to resonate uh, with everyone. So kudos. Well done. I think yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and, you know, you said something very interesting, uh, and I always like to listen uh, more than I speak is, you know, successful people and what I've heard are always willing to help others. And mm-hmm. you've toned in on that. And, you know, like to the point, if they're not willing to help, it's just, it, you know, you move on to the next one and that's okay. Uh, because um, you realize, uh, you know, that uh, they're just not in the same sandbox, you know, to quote you. And that's okay as well. So thank you. You know, Deb, I want to talk to you more and more. And, you know, we already got a promise from you. You're going to be back this year. And, uh, and share some of the things that you're working on. Um, you know, as we come to a close, and I just first of all, I want to thank you for coming on uh, and kicking off 2016 with us. 
and sharing with the audience, you know, that experience and the things that you've gone through in your life. And, you know, I'm so happy that your daughter's, you know, on her well, on the way to recovery and all those things that, you know, and, and an unfortunate accident that you, you know, had to go through. But like everything in life, there's reasons. And, and I know you're, you know, looking at it that way. And you've certainly um, taking all those experiences and now helping others so much with that and that insight that comes from having those things happen to you, you know, is, is, is so valuable as well. So I want to, you know, again, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, but before we go, I think it's important. I know you've got some big things you're working on. You're launching a lot of great things on your website. Please share with the audience where they can contact you, how they can connect with you, some of the social media you're working on. Uh, you know, the floor is yours to help everybody listening uh, today and tomorrow uh, on, you know, how they work with Deb and how they can get in contact with you. Sure. So my website's being revamped, but it'll be back up on January the 8th, which is, I think, before our airtime. So my website is mamadeb, M-A-M-A-D-E-B dot crow. And you can find out how I got called Mama Deb on the new site. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter, Mama Deb Crow, and Crow has an E on the end. And I also have a Facebook page called Mama Deb's Kitchen. And that's probably the best way. Um, and there'll be information about the Women on the Go conference going up on there as well. So I think that is probably the best way. And can I leave you with my favorite quote? Sure. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm honored to be the first female guest and the first mm-hmm. of 2016. So thank you very much. But my favorite quote by my that I have uh, written is, work-life balance is not a trend. It's a lifestyle. Beautiful. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, th- thank you so much, Deb, for all that you're doing, um, not only for those in your circle of influence, but for the listeners of uh all the shows and and uh, all the people that you become a part of and um, you know I, I know that, that Chris and I are both honored uh, that you're on the show thank you for uh, giving us some of your time and we really do uh, appreciate you not just as a business woman and the first woman on our show but as the human being that you are thank you thanks thank for having me yeah thanks Deb and it wouldn't be a show without me saying do something nice for someone today This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.